Hello, this is Adrian Hendricks. And Jerry Hendricks of Say One More Now, Incorporated, where our focus is to lovingly confront all activities dishonoring human life created in the image of God. There is no greater dishonor to human life and to God than to bypass by ignorance or rejection His salvation that is only available through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us. There are many issues that divide the people of the United States and of the world, and the same divisions exist among those of us who call ourselves Christians. It appears that Christians are generally aligned on these issues based on political party affiliation, church doctrine, or personal lifestyle. Some may even look to the Word of God for what is said or not said. These divisions and associated issues are only symptoms of a deeper problem that is foundational to them all. These issues are generally emotionally charged, but we have learned that while emotions are real, they do not often reflect the truth. As Christians, we must never allow ourselves to be ruled by emotions as children and those lacking in maturity often are. The Apostle Paul warned those following Jesus, the Messiah, at 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 20, Brothers, do not become children in your understanding, but with respect to wickedness, be as a child, and in your understanding, be mature. He also wrote about the need for Christian maturity at Ephesians chapter 4, verses 14 and 15, so that we may no longer be infants tossed about by waves and carried about by every wind of teaching, by the trickery of people, by craftiness with reference to the scheming of deceit, but speaking the truth in love, We are to grow into him with reference to all things, who is the head, Jesus Christ. And exactly how are we to think and therefore live? Again, Paul gives not only a clue, but issues a refrain at 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7. For we live by faith, not by sight. That is repeated at Romans 1, verse 17, Galatians 3, verses 11 and 24, and picked up by the author of Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38, the just shall live by faith. It is in this way, the same way we believe by faith, that we Christians follow the truth at all times in all things. Our friend, Professor Harry, said the thing that grieves the heart of God most is the lack of truth. The ignorance of truth and its nature is confusing to many who wear the Christian label. John 18, verses 36 through 38 records this exchange between Pontius Pilate and Jesus. Jesus replied, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would be fighting so that I would not be handed over to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Then Pilate said to him, So then, you are a king. Jesus replied, You say that I am a king. For this reason I was born, and for this reason I have come into the world, in order that I can testify to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again to the Jews and said to them, I find no basis for an accusation against him. Well, just what is truth? According to Webster's 1828 Dictionary, Truth is conformity to fact or reality, exact accordance with that which is or has been or shall be. The Bible tells us that truth is a person. At John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. 
No one comes to the Father except by or through me. Jesus is truth, and in him is no mixture of truth with that which is not true. Jesus is the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. To not tell the truth is to lie, which is the character trait of God's enemy and the enemy of those who are true Christians. Jesus tried to explain this to the Pharisees at John chapter 8, starting at verse 31. Then Jesus said to those Jews who had believed him, If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Could it be that Jesus was telling them not only about the truth of who he is, but also about the motives of their hearts? We continue at verse 33. They replied to him, We are descendants of Abraham and have not been enslaved to anyone at any time. How do you say we will become free? Jesus replied to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, that everyone who commits sin is a slave of sin, and the slave does not remain in the household forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be truly free. I know that you are descendants of Abraham, but you are seeking to kill me, because my word makes no progress among you. Then at verse 44, Jesus tells the Pharisees, You are of your father the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. That one was a murderer from the beginning, and does not stand firm in the truth, because truth is not in him. Whenever he speaks the lie, he speaks from his own nature, because he is a liar and the father of lies. To lie or to be untruthful is the stuff of the devil. So why do we lie, and why do we accept being lied to? Dawson McAllister, an American speaker, author, and host of the national radio program, stated, Lies are typically motivated by a desire to get other people to either do something or not do something, or to make a decision in the favor of the person doing the lying. Someone might lie to get something they desire, sex, money, status, power, love, etc. But many times, a person will lie because of pride or fear. They use it for nothing more than a tool to create a favorable image of themselves. This leads to exaggeration, which is a form of lying. This is sometimes done by simply creating a fascinating, even if completely false, story. This sounds like, for those who lie, Truth is untenable, so a lie must be devised to change or attempt to change the reality of a situation. Could it be that lies reveal the desire of liars themselves to be God? It appears that our society enjoys lying and being lied to. We don't like what the truth is showing us, so we would rather be deceived or lied to. We witness it in some form of media every day in advertisements, news, periodicals, social media, you name it. Just listen to drug makers calmly promote their new products and how your health can be restored by asking your doctor if this drug is right for you. Then they share the potential side effects, which in too many cases include death, either in the small print or in hurried, low-pitched speaking that appears to intentionally keep listeners from realizing the truth of what is being said. What deception, but yet our society simply accepts it. Similar deceptions exist in many other industries, and sadly, even in some churches. Generally, they want only one thing, money, and they are not above using half-truths, innuendo, and outright lies to get it. Some churches, not all, 
are so focused on tithes and offerings, as important as they are, that they will beat people over the heads with tithing and offering-themed sermons until they get them to commit. The salvation of their hearers and their growth in Jesus Christ as disciples may not be one of their primary concerns. The leadership of these churches wants members with money to help promote the church's agenda and to help create experiences that will keep members coming back. Many do not tell their people how to live holy lives according to the Word of God. They dare not address real-life issues that are slapping their congregants around every day. Why? They are afraid of losing their nonprofit status, and they dare not say or do anything that would drive away their financial support. As a result, the people are left to either fend for themselves or like Jesus observed at Matthew 9:36 and Mark 6:34, to wander about aimlessly like sheep without a shepherd. Many may think they are Christians, saved from the wrath of God that is to come, but they are not disciples, have never been told or had reinforced that Jesus makes real change in their hearts when he comes into their hearts. He really did satisfy the judgment against humanity. Hebrews 9, 14, and 15 say it like this, How much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without blemish to God, cleanse our consciences from dead works to serve the living God? And because of this, he is the mediator of a new covenant, in order that, because a death has taken place for the redemption of transgressions committed during the first covenant, those who are the call may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. Those walking in truth have their desires changed, their attitudes changed, and habits with which they may have struggled for years suddenly disappear. They have new lives, but if they are not discipled, they are not often taught to pray, read their Bibles, or how to get close to and obey Jesus through the leading of His Holy Spirit. Many are told that grace has taken care of everything and they can live as they please with little or no regard for the changed life. Everyone needs to know the truth of the gospel of Jesus. To believe lies and live in deception is perilous enough, but those without love for the truth are in danger of being turned over to believe deadly lies. We see this demonstrated at Romans chapter 1 in verses 18 through 32. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all impiety and unrighteousness of people who suppress the truth and unrighteousness, because what can be known about God is evident among them, for God made it clear to them. For from the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, both his eternal power and deity, are discerned clearly, being understood in the things created so that they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their reasoning and their senseless hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God with the likeness of an image of mortal human beings and birds and quadrupeds and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them over in the desires of their hearts to immorality, that their bodies would be dishonored among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God with a lie and worshipped and served the creation rather than the Creator, who is blessed for eternity. Amen. 
Because of this, God gave them over to degrading passions, for their females exchanged the natural relations for those contrary to nature, and likewise also the males, abandoning the natural relations with the female, were inflamed in their desire toward one another, males with males committing the shameless deed and receiving in themselves the penalty that was necessary for their error, who, although they knew the requirements of God, that those who do such things are worthy of death. Not only do they do the same things, but they also approve of those who do them. And in 2 Thessalonians 2, verses 8 through 12, which reads, And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will slay with the breath of his mouth, and wipe out by the appearance of his coming, whose coming is in accordance with the working of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with every unrighteous deception against those who are perishing, in place of which they did not accept the love of the truth, so that they would be saved. And because of this, God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie in order that all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but delighted in unrighteousness. Time is running out and we dare not add to meaningless noise that lulls unsuspecting souls to sleep. It is time for all who call themselves Christians to wake up. Romans chapter 13 verses 10 through 14 say, Love does not commit evil against a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. And do this because you know the time, that it is already the hour for you to wake up from sleep. For our salvation is nearer now than when we believed. The night is far gone and the day has drawn near. Therefore, let us throw off the deeds of darkness and put on the weapons of light. Let us live decently as in the day, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and licentiousness, not in strife and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and do not make provision for the desires of the flesh. At 2 Timothy chapter 4 verses 1 through 5, Paul speaks to Timothy, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by or in the light of his coming and his kingdom. Herald and preach the word. Keep your sense of urgency. Stand by. Be at hand and ready, whether the opportunity seems to be favorable or unfavorable, whether it is convenient or inconvenient, whether it is welcome or unwelcome. You as a preacher of the word are to show people in what way their lives are wrong and convince them, rebuking and correcting, warning and urging and encouraging them, being unflagging and inexhaustible in patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not tolerate, will not endure sound and wholesome instruction, but having ears itching for something pleasing and gratifying, they will gather to themselves one teacher after another to a considerable number, chosen to satisfy their own liking and to foster the errors they hold and will turn aside from hearing the truth and wander off into myths and man-made fictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Fully perform all the duties of your ministry. I have attended many churches and listened to many messages, and it is not often that I hear the instructions given to Timothy being followed. There are some churches which have left a true calling. There are others that weren't called, at least not by God, but lead a flock for the purpose of personal gain. Perhaps it would be more honest if these churches were to remove crosses and any reference to God and install in their places social club signage, political party logos, secret society insignia, or anything else that provides a true representation of what they are about. 
Whatever the case, the truth is not being told and taught, and as a result, many accept and live the lie that leads them to an eternity separated from God. True Christians, as they follow Jesus Christ, want to tell the truth and live the truth in all that they say and do. As I was about to share a difficult message with a group of legislators and others, I sensed the Lord reminding me to say what I believe He wanted me to say. I was reminded of Ezekiel 3, verses 16 through 21, and Ezekiel 33, verses 1 through 9. At Ezekiel 3, we read, And at the end of seven days, the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, I have made you a watchman to the house of Israel. Therefore hear the word at my mouth and give them warning from me. If I say to the wicked, you shall surely die, and you do not give him warning or speak to warn the wicked to turn from his wicked way to save his life, the same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at your hand. Yet if you warn the wicked, and he turn not from his wickedness or from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity, but you have delivered yourself. Again, if a righteous man turns from his righteousness, and some gift or providence which I lay before him he perverts into an occasion to sin, and he commits iniquity, he shall die, because you have not given him warning. He shall die in his sin, and his righteous deeds which he has done shall not be remembered, but his blood will I require at your hand." Nevertheless, if you warn the righteous man not to sin, and he does not sin, he shall surely live because he is warned. Also, you have delivered yourself from guilt. As Paul instructed Timothy, we ministers are to speak the truth and say all that the Lord has given us to say, for we are watchmen on the wall. Regarding God's intention for the watchman, Adam Clark says, The care and welfare of all this people I have laid on thee. Thou must watch for their safety, preach for their edification, and pray for their eternal welfare. And that thou mayest be successful, receive the word at my mouth and warn them from me. We are also reminded at James chapter 3 verse 1, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more severely than others. As true Christians, we want to have a holy fear, a holy reverence for God's eternal word, and therefore take what is being said to heart. One Bible passage often repeated for decades is 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 that reads, Then, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and will pray and will seek my face and will turn from their wicked ways, then I myself shall hear from the heavens and will forgive their sins and heal their land. Many times, as this verse is recited, the hinge point, turn from their wicked ways, is omitted. Yes, God's people do have wicked ways, but many don't want to admit that. The truth of this statement stands in the way of those things they really love, and often it is not God. Many problems exist because God's people are either completely quiet and silent or vocal agreement, or actually perpetrators of the actions that bring them on. Name the issue, and often that thing can be seen along with the seeds of it in many Christian communities. People wear different colored folded ribbons for awareness of various issues as an attempt to deal with those issues and the problems they cause. 
That's fine. But the only awareness that will resolve the problems is the awareness of our sinful ways that protrude in the face of Almighty God and the merciful outpouring of the spirit of repentance in the face of what we have done. In an intimate moment, Jesus comforted his disciples by revealing to them plainly just who he was. At John 14, Jesus told them, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How are we able to know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, Am I with you so long a time, and you have not known me, Philip? The one who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak from myself, but the Father residing in me does his works. Truly, truly, I say to you, the one who believes in me, the works that I am doing, he will do also, and he will do greater works than these, because I am going to the Father." Since Jesus has said himself that he is the truth, we can also say that what grieves the heart of God the Father is the absence of Jesus. We ask everyone to consider making a new commitment even now. Ask the Lord to give you a love for the truth so that every minute of every day will be lived out in truth. Friends, it is likely that what we have shared today may be challenging for some. Today's message may have you wondering just where you are in your relationship with Jesus Christ. You may even be asking yourself, am I really saved? It is good for you to ask that question, even if you think you already are. Even if you said the words that you believe Jesus died on the cross and came back to life, you may be especially unsure if your life has not really changed. You are not exhibiting the spirit and actions of Jesus, the one in whom you said you believed. Your love for Jesus, whom you followed closely at one time, may have also cooled off significantly. You can resolve these inconsistencies now. Go to the Lord and ask Him to show you the truth about your relationship with Him and what you need to do about it. Listen closely to what He has to say to you and follow every instruction. If you are unsure about with whom it is you are talking and what is being said, ask him to confirm what he is saying from his word, the Bible. Because the Bible is an expression of who he is, he will not be in conflict with his word. However, if you have never accepted Jesus into your heart and you are serious about wanting a new life today, please pray this prayer and mean it with all your heart. He already sees your heart, knows it thoroughly, but loves you anyway. Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner, and I ask you to forgive me. I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose from the dead. Today, I truly want to turn away from every sin and invite you, Lord Jesus, into my heart and life. I will trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior from this day forward. Thank you for saving me right now and making me a child of God. If you really meant that prayer, you are a new person. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are made new. Find a Bible you can understand and read it every day. 
It is one of the most important things you will do because it will feed your spirit, let you know the will of your Heavenly Father, and help keep you safely following Jesus. Pray to God every day. Fancy words are not necessary. Talk with Him about everything, just as if He were your best friend, because He is. God is the most faithful friend you will ever have, since He will always be with you. As Hebrews 13.5 tells us, Let your character or moral disposition be free from love of money, including greed, avarice, lust, and craving for earthly possessions, and be satisfied with your present circumstances and with what you have. For God himself has said, I will not in any way fail you or give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake, nor let you down or relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. We at Save One More Now Incorporated encourage all listeners to seek the Lord for his calling on your life. If you are faithful to spend time with him throughout the day, you will come to know without a doubt that he really loves you and he has a purpose for your being here. We can be reached by email at truelife at saveonemorenow.org or at our telephone number in the United States, 850-727-0493. We look forward to joining you next week and ask you to remember, Life is good. God gives life. God is good.